listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth Jr. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast again today. And I'm so happy you're listening. Glad to have you back with me. And um, you're listening to a podcast that had to be made from scratch. Had to refine the music. Had to refine the intro voiceover. Why, you ask? Why was the podcast made from scratch? Because, my friends, I was robbed. You heard it right. Robbed. Laptop taken other pieces of equipment and I I'm I'm not even kidding you I was ready to turn into Liam Neeson from the movie Taken and go after my stuff I have a very particular set of skills I was going to go after him telling you ticked me off anyway we're back today everything's all good we're back in business and uh you know what didn't miss a beat and you know what I'm getting my stuff back I don't hear nobody, but I'm being restored. Hallelujah. Bible says when the thief is found, Proverbs 631, he must pay back seven times what he stole, even if he has to sell everything in his house, the Bible says. I receive it in Jesus' name. It's Monday, which means there's a Monday music mashup available for you. Go check it out. Soundtrack for your week, keeping you in anointing. And an anointed atmosphere, music very important. If you have not yet gotten a hold of that on Spotify or Apple Music, go get it now. It'll be a huge blessing to you. And um, I'm, I'm going to jump right in today because I got some good stuff for you and I can't wait. We just got back from Ministers and Leaders Conference in Tampa with Dr. Rodney Howard Brown. Powerful, powerful meetings. And uh, we were touched in a massive way, Carolyn and I. And uh, we, we're looking forward to going back. So I just want to say thank you to everybody there that made Ministers and Leaders Conference possible. Powerful, powerful time. If you don't get down there for that, you should check it out. You can check it out on their website, revival.com. Revival.com. They have one in the fall, one in the spring. It'll be a massive blessing to you. If you're any kind of a leader, a minister, whatever, that is literally the conference for you because it's called Ministers and Leaders Conference. So I encourage you to go. You'll be blessed. But today, as you saw in the title, I want to jump into this three deadly relationships that are destroying your future. Three deadly relationships that are destroying your future. Did you know people can make you or break you? Relationships can make you or break you. And it's dangerous to hang with the wrong crowd. It's dangerous to allow yourself to be with people that aren't headed in the same direction that you're headed. In fact, one of the things that's very important to remember is that you are valuable. Your purpose is valuable. Everything God's called you to do is extremely valuable. As a result, you shouldn't give everybody access to your life. It's actually hazardous to give everybody access to your life. You've got to be discerning and you've got to guard yourself from the wrong relationships. You know, one of the things I always, I often think about It's not just important to have the right relationships in your life. 
It's also important to guard yourself from wrong relationships. I heard a preacher say this one time. I'll never forget it. He said, when God wants to bless you, he puts a person in your life. But when the enemy wants to curse you, he puts a person in your life. Same method, two different outcomes. And that's what we're talking about today is those three deadly relationships, and I'm sure there are more, I'm going to cover three, that are destroying your future. Why, why am I talking about that? Why is it so important to make sure your future is being pursued properly? Well, the Bible says God has an expectation for your life. He has an expectation for what he's called you to do, meaning he's looking at you with the expectation of increase. And a verse of scripture that we cover often on this podcast is Proverbs 4.18, where the Bible says that the path of the just is a shining light that shines brighter and brighter till the perfect day. That's a clear picture of increase in the life of every person who loves God. God's expecting increase. In fact, sometimes we go to the parable of the sower, or excuse me, the parable of the talents in Matthew 25. And that's a great picture because there's a master who gives three of his servants talents, gifts or talents. And they don't all increase. One of them buries his talent in the ground. And when the master comes back, he just gives him back what was originally given to him. And the other two double their investment. They double their gift or talent. And the master, when he gets back from his trip, basically says to them, great job. But then he looks at the one who buried it in the sand and said, you're wicked. So you can see clearly God has a desire for his children, his followers, those that love him to increase. And that's why you've got to keep an eye on your future because your future should be full of increase. And if there are people in your life that are actively holding you back from the increase that God's plan for your life or that you should be pursuing, then it's very important that you discern these things, you you spot it, and you make sure that you are severing ties with people that are going in a different direction than you are. One of the biggest things I see that destroys people all the time is they'll get saved, but then they continue to spend time hanging with people that are rejecting God. So they'll go back to the same relationships, they'll go back to the same friendships that they had before they were saved, and they will go back into doing the same things. Because when you surround yourself with those types of people, they're not changing, so they're going to be doing the same thing and pressuring you to go right back into doing the same thing again. And that's exactly what happens. People that had just gotten saved, given their life to God, they get back to doing the old things again, and as a result, it hinders them in their progress with God in the best case scenario and in the worst case scenario, they lose their salvation, fall back into a life of sin. So it's very important that you are discerning about who's in your life. That's why today I want to highlight three relationships that need to be removed from your life. If these people are hanging around your life when God's called you to go higher, now's the time. Don't wait until 2019. This is the year. These final months of 2018, clear everything up. Get yourself on a path ready to run with momentum so that by the time 2019 hits, you're not having to take the first month or two months to get things in order. You can just hear the gunfire and jump out of the blocks with full momentum on January 1. And uh, that's why I'm talking about these today. Keep an eye out.
because I can just tell you, I've traveled for long periods of time around this nation. I've talked to many believers, not just ones that have been in church for a long time, but you know, young people, students, uh, those that are that are still uh, maturing in the things of God. And I've seen this issue time after time after time. One of the biggest enemies of people in the body of Christ is that they've surrounded themselves with the wrong people. I think Pastor Brian Tomes and I mentioned something about this on the podcast last week about how you become the average of the five people that you hang around with the most. The average, which means you're not even going to be the top of that group. Think about that. You're the average of those five. That's why it's so important to surround yourself with the most on fire, hungry, uh, you know, purpose fulfilled people you can find because that's what you're going to become as well. Uh, I always use this analogy many times is that, you know, let's say you want to become better at sports. If you wanted to get better at basketball and you're a senior in high school and you want some kind of a, you know, um, a scholarship to a college, a D1 school, and you want to increase your skill level, you're not going to go to a kindergarten and challenge kids to one-on-one because you're, you know, you'll dominate them. There's not going to be any challenge. And because of that, you're going to find yourself in a place where you're not getting better. And that's what people do in the body of Christ. It's insane is that they hang around people that do not challenge them, that do not sharpen them. And the Bible says in the book of Proverbs very clearly that as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. And if all you're hanging around with um, is people who are dull rocks rather than sharp blades, then guess what's going to happen? Your blade is just going to keep coming down against dull rocks, and it's gonna it's gonna actually dull your blade. If you've ever seen the movie, 127 Hours, that is a crazy movie. It's a true story, by the way, of a guy who was doing like extreme hiking way out in the middle of nowhere falls down in the middle of a canyon and a boulder falls down with him and wedges his arm against a cliff at the bottom of the canyon. And he knows no one's going to be coming. He's too far out in the wilderness for anybody to just walk by and notice him and save him. He realizes that he is stuck there and there's no way for him to get out. And his arm is wedged between a boulder and a, a canyon wall. And he sits there for 127 hours and ends up realizing that if he's going to get out of there, uh, he's going to have to take extreme measures. All he had on him was a multi-tool. He pulls the blade out of the multi-tool, you know, spoiler alert, I'm giving you the whole plot in case you were getting ready to go see this movie. It's old, so you'd have to like rent it. But anyway pulls the multi-tool out of his backpack and does the dumbest thing ever. He opens the blade and tries to start chipping away at the boulder so that he could loosen his arm to get it out. But all he's doing is dulling the blade of his multi-tool over and over and over. And he keeps trying to chip, 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 chip away at this boulder. And it's not, nothing's, nothing's changing. And then he finally comes to the realization that, he has to cut his arm off if he's going to live. He's going to have to use the multi-tool to cut his arm off and to you know hike back out of the wilderness with half an arm. The only problem is now he has a multi-tool with a dull blade. 
And that's and that's what he has to do. He has to now use a dull blade to cut his arm off and get out of there. By the way, spoiler alert, he does and survives, goes on to live his life without an arm. Anyway, the problem is what happened? He's got a blade that's a dull blade. And you know, I'll tell you this, very interesting thought process. If you know anything about knives, if you've used knives, if you collect knives, you'll know, as I do, a dull blade is a dangerous blade. A dull blade is a dangerous blade because when you have a dull blade, you have to work extra hard to do the tasks with the blade that you're going to do, meaning you have to strain harder to make the cut. And because you're straining, what happens? You get out of control. And that's where injuries take place. That when you start to strain with your blade and you get out of control, that's when injury, that's when people, you know, push the blade through the through the stick and then down through their thigh or something stupid because they've got a dull blade that's not cutting like it should. And that's what happens here with, with people that you surround yourself with. That's why the Bible says, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. If you surround yourself with boulders that you're you know banging the blade against every time you come in contact with these people, then what ends up happening is it dulls you, and then you're trying to accomplish your purpose, but you've got a strain, 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 and you're out of control simply because you have surrounded yourself with the wrong people that are not encouraging you or putting you on track to do what God's called you to do. So let's jump into these three deadly relationships that are destroying your future. And as I've done this for you today, uh, I've made them rhyme because I've found that people remember things better if they rhyme. I'm not trying to be prophetic. I didn't get this in uh, a deep um, vision that came from heaven. And I heard an angel shout out these three rhyming types of relationships. That's not what happened. I just did my best to make them rhyme so that you can have an easier time taking notes or remembering them. So once again, this is not a prophetic dream from an angel who came into my room playing a harp and then sang in an angelic voice three rhyming topics. No, this is just something I'm doing to help you. Number one, the first deadly relationship that's destroying your future, people that I call containers. Containers. They try to keep you contained by telling you that whatever you're pushing to do, whatever you're try- whatever level you're trying to attain, it can't be attained. They tell them no. They'll either say, "Well, you know, don't get your hopes up. Now's not the time. You know, this is you know this isn't this is probably not the best. I just want to warn you. You know, I feel like I'm a good enough friend to just warn you that you know don't get your hopes up. And I know you think that's going to happen. I know you think that that's what's. But you, let me just let me just be the voice of reason in your life and let you know. Because I'd hate to see you get your hopes up and then have your hopes dashed. And, uh, you know, it's it's really something that, uh, you know, that's to me, it seems impossible. I don't know that that's really even something that happens. Every bad report in the world comes out of their mouth. They're trying to contain you to a place or limit you to a place where you can't step out in faith and do what God's called you to do with your life. Maybe you've got a vision to start a ministry. Maybe you've got a vision to start your own business or or you've got something. I mean, that God's dropped something in your spirit and you feel it strongly, but you've got people that are telling you it's not going to be possible. There, there's people that are, listen, if they didn't give you bad news, they wouldn't have anything to say to you. 
You know, these these are people that don't guard their mouths, and you know, and this especially blows my mind when it's Christians. I can't understand a Christian who we go to church and we sing songs about the fact, oh, you know, how powerful God is and that he can do the impossible. And, you know, I've seen you move, you move the mountain. You know, they'll get up and sing all the elevation worship songs. And then when they talk to you in the lobby, it's like, yeah, listen, I know you really have your heart set on doing that. I just want to caution you. You know, they use every stupid religious phrase, you know, well, I just really, feel, I just, I'm sensing right now that it's a time that you should just be more prayerful uh, about this. It's like anything they can do to keep you from moving forward, they will do. I want to encourage you. All things are possible with God. The Bible says that Mark chapter nine, all things are possible to them that believe so if God's put a vision and a purpose on your life, if he's called you to do something, he didn't call you to do something impossible. He also empowered you to do, to accomplish what he's called you to do. All things are possible to them that believe. And these containers, these these containers that the enemy tries to put in your life to keep you in a place where you cannot perform as God called you to perform, they've got to be cut out. These are people that laugh and say that the impossible cannot be done. You know, Jesus had to encounter these people also. The Bible tells us in Mark chapter 5, there was a man named Jairus who came to find Jesus and said, listen, my daughter is sick unto death. I need you to come and pray for her. On the way to the house, literally, a messenger comes and says, listen, it's no use troubling Jesus anymore. Your daughter died. Well, I mean, that's crazy news to get. And Jesus says to him, don't be afraid, only believe. And it's interesting when they get to his house, Jesus goes up and says, you know, she's not dead. She's only asleep. Well, immediately all the people that are there start to mock Jesus like he's an idiot, like he's some kind of fool. And they're, and they're making fun of him. And I love what the Bible says Jesus did. He put them all out of the room. Jesus took all of those containers, people that said the impossible cannot be done, and he ejected them from the room and shut the door and only kept people in the room that believed the miracle could take place. The parents were there, and he only brought three of his 12 disciples with him, Peter, James, and John. Very interesting too, isn't it? That Jesus only brought three of his 12 disciples, and that's because he knew only these three had dead raising faith. So if I'm getting ready to do something that's going to take next level faith, I'm not going to put people around me that aren't at that level, that aren't going to be with me and believe that the impossible is about to become possible. And you need to look through your life today. You need to look through some relationships. Probably as I'm talking about this, you already are thinking of people you know, in your life that are like this, that when you have a dream that, you know, let me just say on a side note here, that's also why it's important that you don't share your dream with everybody. Joseph found that out in the Old Testament, shared his dream with everybody. And, you know, his brothers threw him in a pit. 
I mean, you, you don't share your dream with everybody. You don't share what God's called you to do with everybody. These things are holy. You know, you pray about them and God will put people in your life that'll encourage you, but it's not supposed to be common knowledge. You don't, you don't have to run it by every single person you meet. Keep it to yourself, pray about it, be full of faith about it. And God will put people in your life that'll build your faith. But see, part of the way you can guard yourself from containers is not just, you know, is, is not telling every single person all the things God's called you to do. Because one of the, one of the things that happens is, is people get insecure and that's why they're like this. They don't want you to accomplish it because they've not accomplished it. And if you did accomplish it, it would put you on a higher level than they are, thereby exposing their lack of increase. Let me tell you, that happens all the time. If somebody levels up, people start talking bad about them or gossiping. Why? Because what they just did by faith exposed the fact that the other people, the containers, aren't doing uh, those things. And it's they've been left at a lower level where you can clearly see increase is not a part of their life. So you've got to learn how to cut those people out of your life and believe God to link you up with people that will say, listen, all things are possible. Only believe, man, all things are possible. I often think about the guy that was a, par- that was a quadriplegic in the Bible. He was completely paralyzed and had no way to get anywhere. And he needed a miracle. And they heard news that Jesus was nearby in a house holding a meeting. Well, he couldn't get there. Couldn't do anything. I mean, maybe move his head, but that's all he could do. But what did he have? He had four friends that were able to grab a corner of his mat and they transported him to where Jesus was. You know what that means? Not only did this man that was paralyzed believe Jesus could heal him, all four of the friends also believed Jesus could heal him. And they transported him to the house. And when they found out that the house was full, they climbed up onto the ceiling, to the roof, tore the roof off and lowered him down in front of Jesus. Now, this is an interesting thought. I want you to get this in your spirit. When they went up on the roof, isn't it interesting that it wasn't just the man who went to the next level, all of his friends went to the next level with him. You need next level friends that aren't going to hold you back from going to where Jesus has called you to go. They're going to help you get there. Recognize the containers that are in your life, trying to keep your purpose contained, keep your destiny contained. Don't allow yourself to be bogged down by people who say it can't be done or that now's not the time or, you know, wait till they're always pushing things off into the future. It's a massive mistake. It's always tomorrow, 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 procrastinating their purpose. And it's horrible. It keeps, you know, you, you, you go around with those people 20 years from now, they'll be the same place they are right now. And that's not God's desire. That is not, that is wicked, man. To even to be three years down the road, the same place you are now, same level, same fruit being produced, same gifts, seeds being sown into the kingdom. That is wicked. You're called to increase and don't allow containers to keep you in a place where you can't produce because they've talked you out of the blessing. Number three, or excuse me, number two is complainers. 
This is massive. I got to cover this one. These people don't just keep you from your destiny, but let me tell you, they will alienate you from the presence of the Most High God. I want you to think about the fact that when Moses brought the children of Israel out of bondage and out and, and literally through the Red Sea, they saw miracle after miracle, all the gold and the silver. They spoiled the Egyptians, the Bible says, took the gold and the silver out of Egypt. They left. There wasn't a feeble one among them. Crossed through the Red Sea, strong, healthy, and carrying riches and increase. But the Bible says they begin to grumble and complain as they got in the wilderness. As a result of their grumbling and complaining and disobedience, instead of heading into their promise, they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. Notice, it was complaining that kept them out of their promise. And the enemy will position these people around you in your life. People that will just constantly complain about what's going on, whether it's what's going on in the government, what's going on in the economy, what's going on in your church with your pastor, what's going on with other church people. The enemy loves to connect you with complainers because you know complaining is a demonic force that keeps you out of the presence of God. The Bible says it's the opposite that pulls you into the presence of God. God inhabits the praises of his people. When you re- when you rehearse how good he is, all the good things he's done, when you talk about his power, when you talk about his ability, what he's accomplished in the past, what he's going to do in the future, the Bible says that God loves it and he inhabits the praises. But in the same way that he inhabits your praises, he moves out of your complaints. When you begin to complain, it repels the presence of God. It literally repels the presence of God and keeps you out of increase, keeps you out of your promises, out of the things God's planned for your life. When you begin to complain, what a mistake. And to surround yourself, to have complainers in your life, today's the day. Get them out of your life for good. Don't allow complainers, man, to come into your life and destroy your progression, your future. It is extremely, extremely evil to live a life of complaining because the Bible says multiple times throughout the word, how many times does Paul encourage the churches to give thanks in everything, give thanks In everything, give thanks. How many times does the psalmist say, I will bless the Lord at all times? Praise the Lord. I mean, how many times does he admonish those that he's ready to? Praise the Lord with me. Bless the Lord with me. Let your mouth be filled with the praises of God. I'll bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. It's all through the Bible that we're commanded on a continual basis to praise God and to give him thanks God avoids complainers, but he's attracted to praisers. He avoids complainers, but he's attracted to praisers. As I heard Bishop Oyedepo say, this has really stuck in my spirit the last few weeks. God only answers your prayers, but he lives in your praises. He answers your prayers, but he lives in your praises. That's such a powerful thought process. Complainers 
will keep you out of the presence of God. They will keep you out of the future that he's planned for you. They'll literally keep you out of your promise as they did in the Old Testament. It's still happening today. You've always, listen, they, and it's funny thing is, is that they don't even need something. I've met so many people that live for drama. I'm sure many of you are thinking of people right now, they live for drama. They don't even have to have anything valid to complain about. They'll find something. They'll create. You know what's interesting about those type of people is if they don't have any problems, they'll generate problems with people so that they have something to complain about, something to, you know, if if they, if nobody's in, in drama with them, they'll do something stupid to generate drama with people because they thrive on it so that they'll have more things to complain. Did you see how she looked at me when we were in there? I know. You know what? I know she was talking about me to that. It's like they will just generate problems and drama. It's it's so stupid. I cannot stand being around people like that. It's so demonic of a way to be, To, to keep praise out of your mouth to keep thanksgiving out of your mouth and just complain and complain and look for reasons to get mad and upset. It's demonic and it keeps you out. Not to mention, think about this, not to mention that, 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 you know, God is repelled by that, but also imagine all of the peace that you're sacrificing. Imagine all of the peace you know, I've talked about this with a few people. I have no problem. You know, if I if I come into contact with somebody that's going down that road and they're just constantly complaining, it's drama all the time. Every time I talk to them, they got something, some issue to talk about. I'll delete them from my phone. I'll block their number. Uh, you know, one, you know, a number blocked to have that kind of peace, not hearing from them is wonderful. So that doesn't sound very Christian, brother. You should help them. Let somebody else help them. They're doing it on purpose and they know what they're doing. And what God has called you to do and what he's called me to do is too important to sit around and waste time with people that are complainers, that all they want to do is sit around and talk about how bad things are. You have got to get those types of people out of your life for good. So number one, the containers. Those who say it can't be done or now's not the time for it to be done. Number two, the complainers. Those who are always bickering, complaining, moaning, gossiping, backbiting, fighting. God doesn't inhabit those things. He inhabits praises and thanksgiving stirs him to action. I want to say this uh, regarding that. Is that when you have those type of people in your life, complainers, those that are always looking for issues, problems, those that are always creating, you know what that really comes down to? It is pride. It's pride because what it, what ends up happening is, is that in their comparison, they've held themselves in high esteem, thinking they're better than everybody. And as a result, that's why they're always bickering, fighting, complaining, you know, about people because people can never measure up to their standard. So they end up complaining about people. And as a result, I'm telling you, the Bible says very clearly in the book of Proverbs, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Complainers, it comes from a place of pride in their life. Pride. Humility does not complain. Meekness does not complain. It's thankful. It's praiseful. 
And I want to encourage you, don't be destroyed by allowing people to stay around you that are complainers out of pride. Don't let their pride seep over into your life and destroy your future because that's what the devil would love to happen, but don't allow it to happen. Remove complainers from your life. Literally, I've gotten up and left atmospheres, rooms, you know, whatever. When I hear people, all they do is they're just talking about people or complaining about people or complaining about life. I'll just excuse myself and leave because I can't even stand to be around that, man. It's crazy what a feeling that is. And those of you that have been around it know exactly what I'm talking about. It's such a nasty feeling. I'll just leave, man. I'll excuse myself and go somewhere else. I like to laugh. Anybody that knows me knows that. I like to laugh. I like to have a good time. I like to joke. You know, I like joy. I don't like, you know, tension and, you know, strife and problem. I don't want those people in my life. I, I, I'll remove them. If you haven't heard from me in a long time, I've probably removed you because I don't want, I don't want to be a part of that. I have no desire to have that lack of peace in my life because I got people that can't control themselves and do what the Bible says. Neither should you guard your life. Remember what I said at the beginning, your life is too valuable to be molested by people who don't know how to conduct their lives with wisdom. So containers, get them out. Complainers, get them out. And number three, abstainers. Those that abstain from their own purpose, abstain from moving forward. They're lazy and God hates laziness, hates laziness. You know what God likes? Diligence. The Bible's, I mean, chock full of scriptures that talk about what happens when you're faithful, when you're diligent. In fact, the Bible says, Hebrews 11, 6, without faith, it's impossible to please God. And they that come to God must first know that he exists or acknowledge that he exists and know or acknowledge that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Diligently seek him. God's looking for people that diligently work. They're faithful. They won't stop. Not these people that are always refusing to do what they're supposed to be doing, refusing to move forward, refusing. I mean, anything God's ever asked them to do, they push it off 20 years in the future. Why does it take you 20 years to do a thing God called you to do? Why not expedite it? Why not throw everything you have at it until it's done? Why not cut out every other thing in your life that's holding you back until it's done? Prioritize what God's called you to do. Abstainers are lazy. The Bible says God hates laziness. A little folding of the hands, a little slumber, and poverty will leap on you like a bandit, the Bible says in the book of Proverbs. God cannot stand laziness. He said, do you see a man that's diligent in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not serve mere men. Do you see a man diligent in his work? diligent in his work. He will stand before kings. He will not serve mere men. When God looks at somebody that's full of diligence, he says, I'm going to promote them. 
I will promote them. That's why the Bible says in Proverbs 75, verses 6 and 7, promotion does not come from the east or the west or the south, but promotion comes from the Lord, and he decides who will rise and who will fall. How does he decide that? He decides it by how somebody's dedication looks in the kingdom. Watch Matthew 6, 33. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Notice the first prerequisite. Seek first, prioritize the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will then be added unto you. Promotion comes when dedication shows up. God's not looking for people who throw their purpose to the wayside and are lazy about it and they procrastinate everything God's called them to do. Go after it, man, like a bulldog. Go after what God's called you to do and and make a goal. I'm going to accomplish and ask God to help you. God, before this year comes to an end, let me knock every one of my goals out before the third quarter's over so that I have to have all new goals before the new year even shows up. God honors that kind of faith, and he's looking for people that will have a relationship with him like that and a dedication like that. Do not surround yourself with abstainers, people that abstain. They, they, they put, man, I've seen this so much. They put other things in front of, they put all the fun things that they like to do in front of what they should be doing. And, and you know, there's a lot of things you could be doing, but there's only a few things you should be doing. Remove everything else that's holding you back from moving forward in your future and in your purpose. Remove every obstacle to your increase and move forward with with momentum. God desires you to move with momentum. No question about it. He desires you to move forward with momentum. That's why the Bible says in the Old Testament that he'll go out before you and make the crooked places straight. God was talking to King Cyrus when he was saying that, I'll go out ahead of you, make the crooked places straight, Isaiah chapter 45. Well, what's the point of making the crooked places straight? Because if you're going through a crooked place, which is what, by the way, which is what many Christians in the body are doing, they're taking a crooked path to their purpose. Two steps forward three steps left, one step back, three steps right, one step forward. And it's not God's desire. You know, by the way, the whole reason God parted the Red Sea was the quickest way there. Instead of taking them around some long journey around, why does God have to do that? He can take you on the most direct pattern to your blessing. He wants you to have momentum and move forward with momentum. So what's the purpose of making the crooked places straight? It's that God can allow you to move straight forward with momentum. You know, when they build a car and they want to test how fast it can go from zero to 60 miles per hour, they don't put it through all these turns and, you know, obstacle courses. It's on a straight racetrack where the driver can just sit there and jam the gas down, go in a straight line and see how fast the car can go from zero to 60 and build momentum. You'd never be able to know how fast a car can go from zero to 60 if it had to make right-hand turns and U-turns. It doesn't work like that. And that's why God wants to go ahead of you and make the crooked places straight so that you can go from zero to 60 in no time, momentum, and blow through every trap of the devil that's been set before you. That's why the devil does his best to try to send wrong relationships. It happened to Nehemiah, by the way. 
when Nehemiah decided he was going to rebuild the wall, there there's always Sanballat and Tobias that'll come down, try to get you to come down off the wall while you're doing what God's called you to do. And he plainly told them, I cannot come down off the wall. I have work to do for the Lord. There will be, let me just tell you this. I promise you this is the case. There will always be people sent by the devil to try to get you down off the wall that God's got you building. But you don't ever come down off the wall and don't allow other people to dictate what direction you're going. Don't allow, listen, if you've got a call from God, if you've got a purpose from God in your life, why are you running it by people who've never done anything and asking their opinion? Who cares what they think? They've never accomplished anything for the kingdom of God. Find somebody that's already accomplished what you've accomplished or you're trying to accomplish at a much greater level and ask them. Get wisdom from people that have done at a much greater level what you're trying to do. Don't run your purpose and your dream and your destiny by people who, who haven't accomplished anything because what, what input can they give you They've never done anything themselves. So no wonder they're saying don't do it, don't move forward with it because they don't want you looking like you're accomplishing things and it highlighting the fact that they're not. Relationships are vital in your success in the kingdom of God. That's why I'm encouraging you today. Three deadly relationships, you've got to get them out of your life. Containers, number one. People that say it can't be done or won't won't be done or now's not the time. Remember, all things are possible if if you'll believe. Number two, complainers. They'll keep you from your promised land, just as it happened for Israel. And it alienates you from the presence of God. God does not inhabit complaining. He inhabits praises. And then finally, abstainers, people that refuse to activate their purpose, refuse to move forward. They're lazy and God can't stand laziness. Surround your peop- yourself let me give you the flip side of this now. Surround yourself, number one, with people who are full of faith, like the man on the mat, paralyzed, but he had four friends that were so full of faith, they were willing to carry him to where the anointing was. Surround yourself with visionaries, with dreamers, people that say anything's possible. We serve a God that can do anything. Number two, not complainers. Surround yourself with thankful, praising people that always have something great to say about God. By the way, as we're commanded to in Psalm 150, the Bible says, praise him for his mighty acts of greatness. That means what he's done in the past. Praise him for what he's done in the past. Get the complainers out. Surround yourself with thankful, gracious, praising people. And finally, abstainers, people that just won't move forward, lazy people. Find the diligent. Surround yourself with hustlers. You know, a group of people that love to move forward and do what God's called them to do, love to accomplish their purpose. See, because that then encourages you. It encourages you to jump forward into what God's called you to do. Don't surround yourself with the lazy. Surround yourself with the diligent and watch how God will bless you. Let me pray for you today. I'm asking God to put people in your life today that are gonna pull you forward into what you're called to do supernaturally. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I pray now for every person listening to the podcast, I pray that you would allow them by strength in the Holy Ghost to sever every connection that's pulling them back 
into a place where there's no productivity. I pray in Jesus' name, remove those people from their life. Let them even lose their phone number. I pray in Jesus' name that you would add to them people that are full of faith, full of thankfulness, graciousness, people that are diligent, hustlers, ready to run forward into their purpose. Surround us with those people, Lord, and help us to do more than we've ever done for your kingdom. Lord, whether we're doing it with business, ministry, whatever, let us move forward with momentum and accomplish great things for the kingdom of God. Make us more impactful than we've ever been. In Jesus' mighty name, we thank you for it and give you praise. Amen. Listen, it's not many weeks now. The book, Further Faster, is getting ready to come out. And I'm going to tell you, you can get the first chapter absolutely free. If you go into the description, click the link, and you can download the first chapter of Further Faster on the Power of Impartation absolutely free. I know it'll be a blessing to you guys. Don't forget Monday Music Mashup. I know that'll be a blessing to you as well. Listen, I want to say, if you enjoyed this podcast episode, I want you to go back and listen to the uh the episode I did entitled The Power of the 224 Rule. You are called to be productive in your life for God. And that podcast episode will be a massive help to you going to the next level. And in fact, as we're getting ready to go into a new year, it would be good for you to employ these principles in your life to build momentum and go in full blast. I love you guys. Listen, I'll be back on Wednesday for Worship Wednesday, but don't forget until next time, goodness and mercy are following you for the rest of your life. Talk to you soon. To find out when Ted Shuttlesworth Jr. will be near you, please visit our website at www.miracleword.com. Miracle Word.